You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, guys? Welcome to the 24-7 Sports college football recruiting podcast i'm andrew ivins i will be guest hosting today's show that is because your normal host blair angulo is out on vacation on this edition of the podcast we're going to talk with 24 7 sports director of recruiting steve wiltfong me and him are going to discuss some of the big storylines in the sec when it comes to the class of 2022 georgia alabama tennessee ole miss and arkansas all discussed a few other schools are mentioned Mr. Wiltfong brings a ton of scoop, mentions some leaders for some guys and uh, where he thinks some some high profile recruits might be leaning towards. Uh, Before we get into that, guys, please make sure you review, rate and subscribe to the podcast. It goes a long way. Talking to Steve Wiltfong on the other side. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Joined now on the 24-7 Sports College Football Recruiting Podcast by my man, the 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting, Steve Wiltfong. Steve, how you doing, bud? Hey, good morning, Andrew. It's 10.23 a.m. on Sunday morning, which means you've probably already gotten in one serious workout today. You're the <laughs> hardest working guy in the biz, man. And I'm just trying to keep up with you, Drew. How are you, brother? Doing good. I have not worked out yet. That's that's on the agenda for later today. We're going to talk college football recruiting on this podcast. We're going to talk about everyone's favorite conference or maybe I don't know everyone's favorite conference, but the conference that gets maybe the most clicks, the SEC, Steve. We're going to run through some recruiting storylines to follow in in the 2022 cycle. You know, we've closed the door on 2021. We're into 2022. And let's start right at the top. When I was kind of constructing this outline for the show, I wanted to start with when is Alabama going to, you know, begin their initial run? When are they going to start taking a bunch of commitments or getting their guys in the boat? And this past Friday, they got a big fish in the boat. Ty Simpson five-star quarterback out of Tennessee. He committed to the Crimson Tide live on CBS HQ. Steve, I know you were all over this recruitment. Take me through it, man. How did Alabama get this get this done? Well, I think that just in the end for Ty Simpson, it came down to player development and Alabama's track record at all positions was huge. I think that Ty Simpson and his family looked at the recent offensive coordinators that Nick Saban had from Lane Kiffin to Brian Dabble to Steve Sarkeesian to, to now Bill O'Brien, mm-hmm. just that trust that 
Ty Simpson and his family have in, in what Coach Saban has done at that position to make sure that the right mentors in place, I think, was huge. Another uh, underlying thing that, that helped Alabama and the recruitment of Ty Simpson is just the opportunity to go against Alabama's defense and practice every day it was something that wasn't maybe talked about a lot in interviews, but something that was mentioned to me in the days leading up to his commitment to just go up against that kind of talent and, and not just even that kind of talent but that kind of defensive play calling, defensive wizardry on, uh, on the Alabama side with, with, with Coach Saban, I think those were all factors that, that led to Ty Simpson. I think ultimately he wanted to play in the SEC. I think he views that as the toughest conference in, in, in college football, and he wants to be tested in, in that realm, and, and he thinks all of that will put him in the best position to you know reach his dreams, which is to play in the NFL. So we're going to circle back here on, on, on Ty. I want to talk a little bit more about him as a prospect, but like I said, um, when we were constructing this this show outline, I, I think you brought it up. You know, when is Alabama going to get things going on the recruiting trail? And this isn't a, a panic or anything like that. I mean, it seems like every year it takes time for everything to come in, in, into place. And what do I mean by that? You know, the staff to get settled and then for them to start going after the guys they want. So do you think now, like, is, is Ty Simpson's commitment kind of waving the flag? Like, hey, we're going to start recruiting. Like, we're gearing up to make a, a, a big run at some guys, Steve? Well, I think in the summer last year, I think Alabama was like pretty way down in our ranking. So by their standards, Standards of when they start the race, uh, uh, they're moving a little faster uh, at number 15. But we look, Alabama's finished with the number one class nine out of the last 11 years. They're coming off the best class in 24-7 sports history as far as rankings coming in. You know, we'll see if they can match uh, uh, what that special 2017 class did coming out for them. And, and so they have their quarterback in the fold, Ty Simpson. That'll give them some momentum on the trail going in the spring. But it's not like Alabama needs momentum. They're always one conversation, one Nick Saban conversation <laughs> away from a recruit being incredibly interested in the Crimson Tide. I, I know I've mentioned this a few times, but we all saw that viral video uh, of Nick Saban talking to Eni White, the five-star defensive end, uh, the number seven player overall in the top 247 from Philadelphia. And hey, Andrew, I talked to some people close to Eni this past week. Alabama's the slight leader for him. And so you look at the top, you look at Alabama's target list on Bama Online that Hank South organizes, and you see all these elite guys uh, that, that are ranked highly, and you know Alabama's near the top of the list for Walter Nolan. You know they're in the Final Four for Denver Harris. Jeremiah Alexander still loves uh, Alabama, and I could go on and on, but this is going to be you know another terrific class for Alabama, and it's can, can the Georgias and Ohio States and, and, and Clemsons add enough difference makers to to unseat the, unseat the champs? Can the Notre Dame and, and schools like that evaluate and, and develop at a level that gives them a chance to reel in Alabama. We'll see. Yeah, I, you know, I saved that clip of uh, Saban having that conversation with the recruit on my desktop. And anytime I'm ever going to put in a crystal ball against Alabama, I've told myself I'm going to watch that and be like, are you sure you want to bet against Nick Saban right here? I should have done that with Ty Simpson earlier when I thought he was going to go to Clemson. And, and you know, I mean, Dabo Sweeney, Coach Streeter, the relationship that the Simpson family had with, with Clemson was strong. And Clemson even got their university president on the phone with Ty uh, this past week to try and get him to to play for the ACC power. But again, it wasn't enough to, you know, Bill O'Brien and, and his pedigree of coaching Tom Brady and, and being the head coach at Penn State and, and, and in the NFL. And, and uh, you know, of course, Nick Saban and 
and and all you know Nick Saban zooming with him several times down the stretch. That's going to get it done. I guess final thing you know with, with Ty Simpson, Steve, you on CBS HQ, I think you tossed around that his film kind of looks like Brett Favre, you know, Favre-esque in, in yeah. terms of how he makes plays. I mean, we we don't have a comp on his twenty four seven Sports profile yet, but if you put on the huddle, I mean, this is a fun prospect. I'm I'm just wondering how do you stack him up, maybe compared to some of these other quarterbacks that Alabama has taken or or signed in recent years, guys like Bryce Young and Jalen Milrow. Yeah, so style of play-wise, I don't want to compare him to the NFL Hall of Famer. Uh, and uh, But just his style of play, it's kind of like Baker Mayfield, the way that they can extend plays with their feet, but they're always looking downfield. Like Ty Simpson's scrambling to make a throw. He's not scrambling to, to take off and run like Lamar Jackson. And I do think that Ty Simpson can get you 15, 20-yard chunk plays at times, depending on where the defense is on the field and when he's feeling the pressure and, and, and taking off. But I just think he's one of the more exciting guys on film with his ability to create uh, under duress and he was under duress a lot when he dropped back to pass last year and he threw less than 17 times a game and I think part of that was because you know the offensive line wasn't built for him to throw 30 times because when you turn on that film you see him running running around making things happen uh, kind of off script because on the on script stuff kind of goes haywire right away as far as the way Alabama's recruited the quarterback position they have Bryce Young who looks like he's the heir apparent to, to Mac Jones and you have Paul Tyson in, in that room and you're bringing in Jalen Milrow who's an exciting athlete at the quarterback position a consensus top 100 recruit when you're looking at the 24-7 sports composite and, and now Ty Simpson coming in behind he just maintains the standard at the position of a guy that I think can continue to have Alabama in the hunt to win championships and, and so they got another championship caliber signal caller in this class in, in my opinion when I'm talking about the trajectory that Ty has on the next level. Will be interesting to see who joins that Alabama recruiting class you know still plenty of spots open one thing I noticed you know uh, Alabama doesn't have any commits from the state of Florida yet you know over the past three cycles they've pulled 14 guys out of the Sunshine State you know who are they going to come get from where you know my neck of the woods so will be interesting to track you are listening to the 24-7 sports college football recruiting podcast I'm Andrew Ivins joined by Steve Wilfong we're talking SEC storylines in the class of 2022 Steve we're done with Alabama Let's move to Tennessee. And this is a conversation me and you actually started having two weeks ago when we were on the road in Myrtle Beach at a seven-on-seven tournament. And basically, you know, what can we expect out of Josh Heupel at Tennessee from a recruiting standpoint, you know, Tennessee made the decision, parted ways with with Jeremy Pruitt, who really put together a strong 2021 recruiting class. Uh, now in comes Josh Heupel, who I don't really consider an elite recruiter. I mean, that's not what he's billed as. He, he's known as an offensive mind. What what do you expect or, or where do you see things shaking out for the volunteers in, in 2022 and even maybe moving forward down the line, 2023 and 2024? Yeah, and Ty Simpson was going to go to Tennessee when, when Coach Brew was a coach. So they were going to be able to build around Caden Salter, who was a top 50 uh, recruit in our 2021 rankings at quarterback. And then you have Ty Simpson coming behind him. And that was where Tennessee struggled as much as any place was consistent play at the quarterback position. And all of a sudden you start to love the potential trajectory of, of that room. And, and then obviously they have a coaching change and, and in comes Coach Heupel. And before you can even put expectations on what Tennessee's going to do uh, on the recruiting trail, they have to get some answers of what they're dealing with from a potential you know, NCAA penalty standpoint. And I think that's hurting them right now on the trail. Probably hurt them a little bit with Ty Simpson. I think that when when you look at 
Sam Horn, you're talking about Sam Horn, you know who they're all in on at the quarterback position as well out of, out of Collins Hill, who's a guy that we love and is ranked in our top 100 at 24-7 sports. I think those guys, uh, you know, I think there is some nerves about where Tennessee's program is is going to be at from a penalty standpoint. And so until that gets ironed out, I don't, you know, I think it's unfair to put any expectations. You know, they're obviously a program. Their facilities are top of the line. I've seen them with my own eyes. It's it, They got an unbelievable setup there in Knoxville. They have a passionate fan base. Uh, they play in the in the best conference in, in college football. So they have a lot going for them right off the right off the cuff. But I, I think that you can't put expectations on this new staff till we know exactly what they're working with. Yeah, uh, Sam Horn, you know, baseball kid as well there in Georgia. Like you said, in in our top 100. I do think that's interesting that you and I guess others felt like Ty Simpson would have ended up at Tennessee had there not been a, a coaching change. I want to circle to Josh Heupel's inter, introductory press conference. And, you know, everyone tries to win that initial press conference. He had an interesting quote, I thought, said that he's got to keep kids in state, keep kids in the, inside the state here keep those borders locked down. I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but right now, Tennessee, like you said, just kind of behind the eight ball with a lot of the in-state guys. I think the volunteer state's top five ranked recruits per 24-7 sports. Three of them already headed elsewhere. Ty Simpson, Alabama, safety Taylor Groves to Michigan, and the tight end Sam Roush to Stanford. Steve, do you think Tennessee has a fighting chance with Walter Nolan, our number one ranked defensive tackle and number two overall prospect? I mean, I would handicap Walter Nolan early on as LSU, Alabama, I mean, I think Ohio State, Florida are probably in better shape. Michigan, I mean, look, Walter Nolan's recruitment's going to be a marathon. And, and so, you know, we'll, we'll see what it looks like uh, as that landscape continues. You know, talking to Walter's dad, they want to get on the road and, and see some schools and really see how Walter fits in in person with coaching staffs and, and, and locker rooms um, because that's going to be very important in his decision. But look, man, you and I both know when these coaches get these jobs and they talk about recruiting, every single one of them, we got to win in state. It's a 40-year decision. We're selling a 40-year decision. I mean, it's the, it's the same old cliches, man, but some coaches work harder at it than others. Jeremy Pruitt worked his ass off as a head coach recruiter in Tennessee at its first top 10 class in several years last cycle. You know, um, now there's more to a program. I mean, recruiting is the lifeblood of a program, but there, there's a lot that goes into being a great SEC or a CEO of an SEC program. And so, but from a recruiting standpoint, you're more familiar with, with Coach Heupel than me, being where you live and him being at UCF. Uh, we'll see. I'm jury out on what 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 uh, how Coach Heupel's going to fare and how his personality is going to do. I think I think a good way to put it is wait and see mode with 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 Tennessee. You're not you're not buying or selling. You're just kind of going to figure it out at some point down the line. So right now, Tennessee with zero commitments in the class of 2022. Like I said, some of the state's prospects already committed to schools outside of the state. Will it be interested to see who they get in the boat first and kind of what direction that that class takes shape? Because 2021 could end up being a, a difficult year for the volunteers given what they lost in that transfer portal. I'm Andrew Ivins. On the other side, Steve Wiltfong. We are with the 24-7 Sports College Football Recruiting Podcast talking SEC. Steve, we talked Alabama. We we got into Tennessee. Now I want to talk about one of the more exciting teams on the recruiting trail, at, at least from a, a social media perspective, Ole Miss. I have written down here as a storyline, can Ole Miss take it to another level in 2022? The Rebels signed the nation's number 17 ranked recruiting class in 2021. That was almost his highest finish 
since 2016 when they got a DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. What's the ceiling here in 2022? Because I think Ole Miss has a chance to be pretty exciting on the field. You know, that they kept Jeff, Jeff Levy, the offensive coordinator, Matt Corral comes back, Lane Kiffin's there. You know, it seems like they, they can maybe, you know, push for top 15 status if everything comes together. Well, obviously they had one of the more exciting offenses in, in college football. She was top five and they're, and they're returning key personnel. When you look at this class that finished number 17 nationally and, and really closed with, with the flurry and, and, and Luke Altmeyer is one of the class jewels quarterback to, you know, come in and, and push Matt Corral and, and company. The, the strength of this class, Andrew, is on the defensive side and that's where they need to get a lot better. And, and they certainly address some major needs on the defensive line. They beat out Texas A&M at the end for Taiwan Malone, who's the number six defensive tackle overall, number 62 player nationally and they they landed Talik Robbins uh, out of Philadelphia who's a six foot three 300 pound guy they also beat Texas A&M for, for him so you're winning recruiting battles against teams that you're trying to beat right like A&M had the best defense in the SEC last year they finished number five nationally Ole Miss is these aren't just evaluation wins that they're getting. They're going out there and and, and beating teams uh, that are that are high in their in their conference for for prospects. They hit big in the JUCO ranks uh, on on the defensive front uh, in this class. Isaiah Eton is the number one JUCO defensive tackle. Jamon Gordon is the number two JUCO defensive tackle. Those guys are going to have ready-made bodies to come in and help. And then secondary was such a big emphasis. Tysheem Johnson is going to be like that rover. Jabril Peppers type player for for them that can play around the line of scrimmage, can play in coverage. Uh, He was a massive, massive win for them. MJ Daniels was a guy that we were higher on than the rest of the industry at 24-7 sports. He's a six foot three, 200 pound defensive back that played quarterback on the prep level that that did a lot of things that we think can be a special player. So uh, Ole Miss, they got Lane Kiffin. They're going to always have the offensive chops. Uh, what they did defensively, I think, gives them a chance to take a, a step forward, and they're going to try and do it again on this side of the ball here in 2022. Yeah, one one guy I know that I don't know if you have a crystal ball pick in a 24/7 Sports crystal ball pick in, but there are multiple, and, and it's a guy that me and you are, are super high on. Kamari Rogers, in-state corner, uh, top two four seven kid. He's super long. Former LSU commit, planning to announce a decision in July. I think it's on his birthday or his mom's birthday. Ole Miss as as multiple crystal. Ball picks in from our, our team of insiders uh, around the country. I think Miami has one in there as well. Uh, from what I, my understanding, just talking uh, with with Kamari's dad, it, it seems like an Ole Miss Miami battle, and one would have to think it, it's going to be hard to bet against you know Lane Kiffin for Kamari. He would be an upgrade from a, just a pure cover standpoint of what they've recruited. And, and, and so he would be he would be a nice when, when you look at recruiting I like like to look at two classes together because that's what's going to change the trajectory of your program is two classes not one and, and with the five DBs that they signed last year to add a Kamari Rogers to that would obviously be massive because I think he would be the best pure cover guy of that group. Well, one last thing I'm going to add on uh, Ole Miss I also know down in South Florida they're they're searching for the next uh, Elijah Moore you know he will probably hear his name er- called early on in the upcoming NFL draft obviously. He was the electric receiver for Matt Corral this past season. Kudos to them. Good evaluation. They offered a kid at Champagnat Catholic School down here in Hialeah named Benson Prosper. I knew him 
didn't know much about him, put on the film and uh, one of the best change of direction guys I've seen in, in the class of 2022. And just talking with some people inside his camp, he seems to like Ole Miss a lot. So would not be surprised maybe if everything comes together, they line up, see eye to eye. If he, he worked his way into Ole Miss's class, guy that can certainly make people miss in the open field. Uh, I'm Andrew Ivins. Steve Wilfong, I've decided to talk in SEC recruiting here on the 24-7 Sports College Football Recruiting Podcast. Three storylines down, Steve. We still got two more to go. This is one that you pitched. I'm just going to you know, toss it over to you. you know, can Arkansas get another top 25 class? Can they finish back-to-back in the top 25? Because they did it in, in 2021. Uh, right now, they have the number 23 class with, with four guys committed. Are you buying or selling on Arkansas heading in, into the 2022 cycle? I'm buying another top 25 class. You know, it starts from the top with head coach Sam Pittman, and we know he's not cheap and effort on the recruiting trail. He goes hard. Coach Pittman loves to recruit, loves to build relationships with kids. It's It's been one of his calling cards his entire career as an assistant coach. And now that he's got the corner office in Fayetteville, he is the you know, one thing that Luke Fickle, the head coach at Cincinnati, told me a couple of years ago when I visited the Bearcats that stuck with me as how I believe a program should be modeled on the recruiting trail is he said, all the staffs that I've been on, best recruiter has been the head coach, whether that was Jim Trestle or Urban Meyer. And Coach Trestle and Coach Meyer had different philosophies with the way that they recruited for Ohio State. Coach Fickle said that they were the best recruiters on staff. And for him, he believes he has to be the best recruiter at Cincinnati. And we see all the success that they're having at that program. And and I think that Coach Pittman is Arkansas's best recruiter. And it starts with him and he sets the tone. And uh, um, I think that they're tracking for another top 25 recruiting class when you look at some of the guys that they're in on moving forward. But you even talk about a guy like Gentry Williams. He's going to be a tough one for them to land out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, the five-star athlete that could play receiver or corner. You know, the Sooners have some crystal ball mojo. Florida's doing a good job there, led by Coach Gonzalez. But he doesn't talk, I mean, Arkansas, he talks to them as much as any program and they're in it. And and so just just speaking to that, the effort that they're, they're putting in on, on the trail to get guys, I think they're poised for a big weekend here coming up in the trail on the trail next weekend with, with landing a couple top in-state guys and, and and they'll go from there but I'm buying Arkansas's effort on the trail and, and you know we'll see if it pays off from an evaluation and player development standpoint but they played a whole hell of a lot harder last year than they did the year before and so you know I, I like the way that that's going on the field too. Sam Pittman, I mean, I always remember him for his uh, yes, sir videos when he landed offensive lineman at Georgia. I just personally didn't know he was going to be able to get skill guys or, or guys at other positions like he's been doing. Steve, you mentioned Arkansas could be getting some good news in the near future. I know one of those guys maybe could potentially be just looking at your crystal ball, Andrew Chamblay, offensive tackle, top 24-7 kid from the natural state. What are, you, what are you thinking with him? Because I know you recently put in a forecast for the hog. Yeah, I think that they're battling Ole Miss and Michigan State, but I like him to stay home and to stay home soon. And they're also uh, near the top of the list for coveted running back James Joyner, another top five player in the state who's got a big offer list. I think he'll be a Razorback soon. And so that'll be some nice in-state momentum for them to, you know, build upon and and their class is number 23 nationally now he punched those guys into the 24 7 sports class calculator and they'll get a nice little boost and then another guy, I mean, you both liked that we saw in Myrtle Beach playing for Hustle Inc. was uh, Rashad Dubian, the athlete out of uh, the Peach State. Electric kid, I thought, you know, it's hard for running backs to look good in a seven-on-seven setting, but uh, he was making people miss, juking his way down the field. So he's someone that I think we're going to be tracking potentially for a fourth star, maybe once we get some uh, verified data on him. 
He's a guy that was a Florida lean not too long ago, but I think Arkansas pressing for him, making him a priority was the difference. And now, you know, the Gators, they're they're getting their board in order. So, you know, we'll see what they end up signing at the position um, and, and where they go. But uh, they're going to be playing against Rashad Dominion moving forward. Let's get to the final storyline here. Thanks to everyone who's made it this far along in the podcast. But I think this is about as big a storyline as you're going to get, not even in the SEC, but just nationally. Will Georgia be able to secure another number one ranked recruiting class? They're right in in the thick of it, chasing after some top guys. Kirby Smart signed the number four class in 2021. That was after signing the number one class in 2022, number two in 2019, and number one in 2018. So you think they can get it done here? Well, I think when you look already off the bat, you know, they're sitting on eight commits, which is is good for the number three class nationally with an average ranking per commit of over 95, 95 is like that elite, elite company, you know, and so when you're over 95, you have a chance to finish number one. You know, you look at LSU, they have the number two class nationally right now, and it's, it's really good. And, and, and LSU had another top three class last cycle, but it's, it's at 92.16 for, for their average ranking uh, per commit right now. This Georgia, you know, this Georgia Hall has got a chance to, you know, be, be really special. And, and we saw a couple of those guys over the weekend. Dayon Bowie was a guy that I think you and I were very impressed with the way he moves. We're not going to, you're not going to find a defensive back with a skill set like that where he, you know, he was playing safety playing corner press off you know off you name it he could he did it well now he's just a natural football player but george is in on a lot of blue chip guys moving forward you know they're moving up the list for your guy shamar stewart you know where do you think they sit for him i think they're in the top three or four for him jeremiah alexander it's going to be tough to pull him out of the state of alabama uh, but george is on his short list malachi starks uh, is a guy that i think could announce his college decision soon the five star from jefferson georgia you know that i think you got georgia and clemson in a good spot michael williams announcing soon he's another top 50 recruit that that appears to be trending towards georgia now georgia's in some battles man you know like these aren't these aren't givens that they're going to get these guys but you know kirby smart's had a top three class in every side but one this past one uh, which was still a top five class and and you look at the guys they're in on now you know that they're going to certainly get there they're they're not going to go hungry they're going to get a lot of these elite guys michael williams the all-american bowl selection set to announce on march 15th who, who else is involved in that recruitment oh man I, I think that georgia and usc are the ones that are in the best position going into this announcement big Soato Alto has really done a really good job for the trojans with a lot of their top targets so i think georgia's battling usc the most for him but i, I like i like where georgia stands going into the announcement emory floyd is another that has a decision date he's an in-state defensive back i think he's an, an announcing on on may 7th when you, when you put on the tape man he is pretty raw from a, a football playing standpoint but then you look at his profile and he's a 10-5 kid in the 100 meter dash, 21-1-8 in the 200 meter dash. I was talking to Rusty Manziel, who you know runs Dogs 247. I was like, Georgia want this kid? He's like, absolutely. They they think he's someone that they can develop, refine the technique, and, and put him in the slot to cover those Alabama receivers or the LSU receivers. So it seems like good news is on the way for the Bulldogs at, at some point in the in the near future. Yeah, Emory Floyd. I talked to him over the weekend. I'll have a story coming tomorrow. I mean, the four schools standing out to him: Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Notre Dame. But on the surface there, you would, you would like Georgia. And then when you talk about his traits and, and his film and, and stuff, you're, you're like, man, how in the hell is he in 87? But well, you know, the rankings are a process and, and uh, look forward to seeing where we go with it. But Emory Floyd, his, his traits are, are, 
are pretty elite when you talk about his his potential. Two more guys I'm going to ask you about before we, we get out of here. Oscar Delp, the, the tight end out of Georgia, who's our number two tight end, number one on the composite, working on his evaluation Friday night, late late Friday night. I think you could actually make the case that maybe he should be tight end number one in, in our rankings. Uh, Steve, you have him crystal ball to Georgia, right? Yeah, I do. I think that they have the edge. Um, it's not like a slam dunk, but he's he's trying to get up. He may have done it since we saw him last weekend, but he said he's going to visit Georgia soon, hang out with his buddy Dylan Fairchild and, and some of the guys on the team. We're in this NCAA dead period where coaches can't lead recruiting visits. They can't even see you on the trip, but you can still go up to these campuses and visit with players and, and see it for yourself. So that was next on Oscar's radar. He loves Clemson. You know, Michigan's done a terrific job recruiting him led by Sharon Moore who finished as a top five national recruiter for us uh, this past cycle for the great work he did for the maize and blue uh, uh, but I like Georgia last one uh, Kojo I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his last name yeah Kojo Antwi uh, you know Georgia's doing a good job there. I think the big attraction for Georgia is the guys that they already have committed and the guys they're in on. I think that they've really upped their intensity with the recruitment there. He's been on Zooms with Coach Monken and Coach Hankton just talking about the offense and his fit and where that offense is going and playing seven-on-seven with Gunner helps the Bulldogs. But, man, Texas A&M has a lot of momentum with Kojo. He's got family in Houston. He talks. He's talked about visiting them over his spring break and seeing what College Station's all about. It's a big year for Texas A&M at receiver uh, this cycle. They're in on a lot of guys and a lot of guys that can run. They want to get more dynamic on offense. I think that's a huge emphasis for Jimbo Fisher and his staff as they try and take the next step. They're like, look, we already got the best defense in the SEC, and and, and that defense is going to be even better this coming year with what they bring back and with the way they've recruited. I think the expectation is set. Uh, I, I think for A&M, you're trying to rebuild that offensive line that won the Joe Moore Award, but they want, they want to get more guys like Waddle and Smith and Ruggs and Judy and I get much easier said than done that's who they're trying to beat right and we need guys that can score on one touch guys that can be game breakers for us and so receiver for Texas A&M is one of the bigger needs I think the way they're attacking receiver uh, in that need is as hardcore as any program nationally for any position and, and, and Kojo's a guy that A&M has a good shot at as they recruit alongside Georgia and Ohio State for him. You snuck in another SEC storyline in school with with Texas A&M and the receivers. Steve, I appreciate you taking the time uh, and running through this. You know, I'm batting filling in, I guess I should say, for Blair Angulo on, on his podcast. But it was it was a good conversation. I, I think I'm going to be seeing you, what, in, in a few weeks out in Atlanta and then potentially Dallas for some camps, right? We're going to see each other first in Dallas. Reconvene in Atlanta. Camp season in full swing, right? Yeah, man. It's our time of year. So, But anyway, y'all, thanks for listening uh, on this podcast and reading us on 24-7 Sports. And if you ever need anything from me, you can come to the Blue Board on the 24-7 Sports main page where I field questions every day. All right, Steve. We'll talk to you later. Take care, y'all.